Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Um, we're in a series called Insta Family, and last week, Desi Hank kicked off the series where we were talking about that families are not made in an instant. Last week, we talked about how families aren't made in an instant. They're built on a foundation, all right? So we talked about that last week. This week, we're going to be talking about parenting, all right? So talking about parenting, and I'm just going to say this. I'm going to get this off, just kind of start this off. Parenting is hard, y'all. I mean, it's hard, and um, I, was a, I, like, I was a really good parent before I had kids. <laughs> like, I was really good, and I like my parents, it's because I knew, like, I talked mad game, like, before I had kids. I was like, my kids are going to dominate, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to be so good, and I'm not going to have to worry about, like, discipline issues, you know, because why would I have to worry about discipline when they're going to be awesome? And, like, all I'm going to have to do is give them the look. We don't have to worry about whether we spare the rod or not. Like, who cares? They're not going to need it, all right? So, so until I had kids, you know, and now I beat them down. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. But, um, I mean, sometimes. Okay, but, 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 you know, it's hard because, how, you know, like, it's difficult being a parent. Like, when right now, I have a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old, so... Like, I'm definitely right in the middle. Like, I'm in the third quarter of the game. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't, I don't even know if we're going to win yet, you know? So it's, it's, it's tough telling you, trying to teach you about parenting when I'm right in the middle of it. And so instead of teaching you about parenting today, what I want to do is just kind of talk to you about God's principles that he's given us in his word about parenting. And so, um, and, and I really wish that there was a book in the Bible, you know, that was just like prescriptive for parents. So I wish there was like, you know, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first, second, you know, Acts, first, second Corinthians, first, second parenting. You know, how cool would that be? Turn with me to second parenting four, three. Like, but we don't have that. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll look in the scriptures and I'll find the perfect family. That's what I'll do. And then we'll, and I started looking. What I found out is there's no perfect family. I think that's kind of the point that there are no perfect families. And, you know, so you can look all day long in scriptures, you're not going to find it. And so when we're talking about families in Insta family, we're not talking about some per- perfect picturesque family. We're talking about whatever family you find yourself in right now. So we have all these different types of families. If, by the way, if you are perfect, man, don't come to Creekwood because you're going to mess up our average. We do not have... <laughs> We don't have perfect families here, you know? But it, when, it, when it comes to families, we have blended families. We have single parent families. We have empty nesters. We have traditional families. Some of you right now, you're married and you, for whatever reason, you can't have kids right now. And so we have all these different types of families. And, and to kind of just up by a show of hands, how many of you are parents in here? Wow, we got a lot of parents, all right. Um, so there's all these different 
types of families, but whether you're a parent or not in here, I would say in this message, you need to lean in. Because I don't know about you, but I believe we all have this responsibility for the next generation. And so many people have spoken into my lives that weren't just my mom and my dad. And so many people have already spoken into my kids' lives that weren't just me and Elise. And so I'm just saying, like, like lean in today because we all have something to learn about what it looks like to parent. How many of you know that parenting is a process? Because I found this out just a few weeks ago because I was, with, uh, I was laying on the floor. So on Sunday night, I'm, I like to watch Sunday night football because that is my right as an American. <laughs> I get to watch Sunday night football. And when I'm watching Sunday night football or Monday night football, I like to lay down. I like, I, it's, not, it's one thing for me to lay on the couch. It's one thing for me to sit in the chair. If I'm laying on the floor, that means don't bother me. <laughs> and I was on the floor watching Sunday night football. It's 10 o'clock at night, which means it's bedtime for my kids. And I'm literally like, like enjoying myself and Landon comes up to me and, and like hands me his math homework. He said, dad, I forgot to do this. I just finished this. I need you to review my math homework. And I am ticked off <laughs> because I'm like, this is Monday night, Sunday night football and I'm laying down and you see this and it's bedtime at 10 o'clock and I'm already upset with you. And I start looking at his homework and it's all wrong. And I'm like, oh, like, like, and I'm so like, no, we just went over this last week and inequalities are not that hard, you know? And I'm just like, this is not that difficult. And I'm, I turn around and I'm upset and I turn around on my belly on the ground and I begin pounding my hand on the ground like a two-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. And I'm so mad and I go, why? This is not that hard. And why on earth are you waiting till 10 o'clock at night to show me your homework and blah, 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 blah. Do you not see? I'm watching a football game and I'm doing this. And in, in a moment, I feel like the enemy just whispered in my ear, and maybe this has happened to you. You are a terrible parent. Anyone ever had that? Where you just feel like a terrible parent. And what I realized in that moment is I'm so thankful someone didn't take a picture of me throwing my little temper tantrum just two weeks ago, getting mad at my son, because parenting is not in an instant, but parenting is a process. It's the grace and the mercy of God that we get to parent over a process. And so I want to talk about parenting as a process. And uh, how many of you have heard of Instagram? I hope so, because that's what the series built on. Okay, like Insta family. Okay, Instagram. And so I was looking at my Instagram and I was thinking about this message, just kind of praying about it. And I, and I was, I was staring at my Instagram the other day, the three symbols, they just like popped out at me. And I was, I was looking at my Instagram and I saw these three symbols that like literally popped out at me. And, and so this is a picture of, actually, this is a picture of Halloween uh, a couple years ago. Uh, my wife, Elise, is Axel Rose and I am Slash. All right, so that's a really good, okay. But anyway, I was looking at the three symbols, all right? And those three symbols like popped out at me, you know? And so the three symbols that represent, I think the process of parenting is the heart icon, the comment icon, and the paper airplane. These are the three symbols that I hope every time you look at these, when you look at Instagram, I hope you're reminded of the process of parenting. And so the first one is the heart icon. And, and I was looking at, I was watching a TV show the other day and there was this, this, this son, this guy with his dad, they were sitting together and the son was looking at his Instagram and he was looking at this girl he thought was really pretty. And he, was, he wants you know, her to like him and all this stuff. And so the dad snatches the phone to see her and starts zooming in 
to the girl's picture so he can get a better view of her, and he accidentally hits the heart. And he touches the heart, and the son goes, no, 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 don't touch the heart. You can't touch the heart. Now she's going to think I'm stalking her. And you communicate so much nowadays through social media, and he's like, no, 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 I can't think, have her think she likes, I like her. And, and, and so, but I thought right in that moment, I was like, no, 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 that's it. We're going to, we have to, the first process of parenting is you got to touch the heart. And so when you have your children, you will know you are a parent because instantly they will touch your heart. And so when I first saw Brayden, you know, 16 years ago, he's now 16 years old. When I first saw little Brayden, I was holding him in my arms and I, and I looked at him and I had all, there were all these facial features. I was like, this looks like me and poor Brayden, you know, like I was like, this is not going to go well for him. He looks more like me than Elise. And, and so we were just kind of, I was liking that, but, but it was in that moment that I realized, man, I, I'll protect this kid no matter what. Like I would be instantly willing to like die for this child. I just, just met him. And it, it was the first time I like, I realized how much God loves me because I was staring at him and I, and, and I don't know the depth and the width and the height and the, how deep God's love for me is. I can't ever understand that. But in that moment, I got a glimpse of it. And I was like, in this moment, I kind of get how much, this is why he, maybe he would be willing to die on the cross for me. And so I kind of had that moment and I want to teach you the priority of parenting. The priority of parenting is, a parent's priority is to gradually transfer a child's dependence away from the parents until their dependence rests solely on God. That's the process. That is the priority of parenting. And it takes, that's a process. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 6 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. One thing I've learned being a parent is more things are caught than taught being a parent. If you want to see your kids love God with all their heart, soul, and strength, I'm just gonna say to you, it's really advantageous for them to see you love God with all your heart, your soul, and with all your strength. I think it's a huge thing. And so I just wanna talk just for a moment about church involvement. This is huge. We talk about getting around the word of God, getting around people, other like-minded people who are worshiping God. It's so important to your kids. I talk to so many families over the last 15 years that have said, oh yeah, we can't come on the weekends because Johnny's in baseball and you know he's probably going pro. <laughs> you know, like, and, and like we, we, we can't make the weekends or, you know, we're just so tired. It's our only day we really get to rest. And, it, and I'm just saying you're speaking so much into your kids' lives and you don't even realize it because you're actually, most parents want the best for their kids. They're actually wanting the best for their kids. And so they're doing things to try to have the best for their kids. And you're gonna to to be on the best sports teams and you're gonna be on the best. I'm gonna, when you're 16, you're getting a car because like that's what we have to do, you know? And so I gotta work really hard. I may have to work on the weekends. And so what I've noticed is if we're not careful, we'll have every night of the weekend booked up for our kids. Wednesday night, going to youth, that's just not an option anymore. And the weekends, I'm not really sure. It's just kind of not an option because we're so tired and we're so busy. And what you'll find out is you will have more child-centered parents than you will God-centered parents. 
I want to be a God-centered parent, love my kids too much to not raise them knowing how much I love God, right? So it's not just about the best for them, but if I want the best for them, I'm going to put God first in my life. So there's a stat I heard the other day that's about church involvement. If both mom and dad go to church, 72% of the times their kids will be involved in church. If only mom goes to church, 15% of those kids will as adults. If dad only goes to church, 55% of the time those kids will be involved in a church. If neither mom nor dad go to church, only 6% of those kids will as adults. I'm just saying, I heard a stat the other day that said, The average church attender now comes to church 1.6 times per month. Wow, whenever I feel like it, whenever I'm not too tired, you are sending a significant message to your kids. Do as I say, not as I do, does not work in parenting. You can teach them all day long, but you will reproduce who you are. And so I just wanna say, be very careful about how you're raising your kids. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Walk when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Guys, this isn't obviously, this isn't just about making sure they attend church. This scripture is like, hey, this needs to be part of your everyday life. Parents, what are you doing to expose your kids to God on an everyday basis? For me and my house, I'm just telling you, it's, it looks a little different for everybody. But like I take my son Braden to school every day. And you know what? I try my best every day. Because there's times when I'm taking him at 630 to school, he does not want to talk to me. And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> and we're literally like, we can go the whole way. And we get, sometimes we could get lucky if it's just like, see ya, you know. <laughs> but I've tried over the years to go, no, before he gets out of the car, we're going to pray. Because you know what? If the soul depend, if my priority is to raise them so that they're dependent, not just on me, but ultimately on God, I want him to see who I have to trust in who I have faith in, because one day he's not gonna be under my wing and he's gonna be out on his own and I want him to know that there is someone that can take care of him. And so I wanna show him about the power and the, the power of prayer, about, about faith and about God is a priority in my life because I want him to be a priority in his life. And so the first process of parenting is we've got to expose our kids to God's love. The second process of parenting, and it's on Instagram, you'll never forget it. There's a little icon. It's the little message, add a comment icon. It's a little comment icon. And, and um, it's that second one up there. But that one, I think it's the, the second phase and the second process is we have to speak into our kids' lives. We've got to learn to speak into our kids' lives and How many of you know that speaking into your kids' lives is harder now than it ever has been? Because the voices that our kids have in their lives is way more than it ever has been. My parents never had to deal with 
they may have had to walk uphill both ways in the snow to school. Like that was a deal back then, but they never had to deal with social media. And so we have social media we deal with. We live in an Insta world. We have internet access. We have fast food, thank the Lord. We have, we have instant connection. My oldest son has, an insta, um, has a social media following. He now has on this one social app that he has, it now has 70,000 followers and 1.7 million likes. I'm like, how do you parent a kid that has more followers than Mansfield has people? Really? Like, I, my wife and I have to think through this and process this out. Like, like I, it's not like I can say, well, when I had 70,000 followers, here's what I did. That's not like I can say that. I took a picture the other day. We were in Mexico, and we were, we were both taking the same picture of this beach, and I took this picture of, of the, the, you know, the, the ocean off the beach, and it was beautiful. I put this really cool filter on it. It was awesome. It was really special. You know what I mean? And I took this picture, and only like 70 of you punks liked it. I mean, I was so ticked. Like, what's up? Like, what do I got to do to get a like? And Brayden takes the same exact pic, no filter, nothing. Puts it up there, and like 5,000 of y'all liked it. Just help me out. Come on. You know, when I, when I post something, you know what I'm dealing with. You know what I mean? And so... But, but that's what we deal with. And so here's what I've learned. All my kids have so many comments, people speaking into their lives, so much connection. And here's what I found out. I have to speak louder than those voices. Parents, speak louder than those voices. This is how you deal with a social world. You have to be louder than them. And there's a, in Matthew, it's when Jesus gets baptized on the Jordan River by, by John the Baptist right before, I want you to hear this, right before Jesus does all the miracles, right before he goes to heal the blind, the deaf, and right before he walks on water, all the miracles, right before all that, he gets baptized, and a special miracle happened right after he got baptized. The Bible says the dove descends onto Jesus the only time in scripture this happens, there was an audible voice from the perfect father to the perfect son. I lied to you. There is one perfect family in the Bible. It's the perfect father to the perfect son. The only time there was an audible voice though. I believe there were more audible voices that happened, but the only time it's recorded in scripture is Matthew 317, this is God talking to his son. This is the father talking to his son. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. I'm well pleased. I think there's three things you have to speak over your kid's life. When he said, you are my son, that speaks to identity. You have to communicate and speak identity over your kid's lives. The truest thing about you is your identity. People get identity from all these different places. Maybe it's your politics. Maybe it's in your clothing, you know, style of clothing you wear. Maybe it's in how many followers you have. Maybe it's that you only hang out with really strong people. You know, I don't know what that looks like. But there's all these different places that give us our identity. But parents, you have a responsibility to teach your kids that the only one who gets to identify them is their creator. 
Like, what would it look like if they walked out of your house knowing not just who they are, that, that Braden and Landon, they belong to the Levin's household, and they are a child of God. And so no matter what negative voices they get over them, they hear louder than that, that they are only identified by the one who created them. And he's the one who gets to speak over their life. It's not just who you are, it's whose you are when you leave my house. I want you to know that. You gotta speak that over them. Because if they don't get identity at an early age, they will seek it out in people and places that they were never intended to find it. The second thing that God says to his son is, this is my son, whom I love. Whom I love. Like that speaks to affection, Parents, God intended for you to be affectionate. You gotta love them, you gotta, you gotta hug them, you gotta cuddle them, whatever that looks like in your house. But I can tell you in my, um, there was a story one time, a little research someone had done where they took two people that were dealing with the same symptoms, the same illness, same disease, and over and over again, patient number one, they would just give medication to this patient. Patient number two, they would give the same as sickness, the same medication, but they would add a nurse into the process. And that nurse would come in intentionally to hug them, to show them affection, to speak positivity over their life. And what they found over and over and over again is that patient number two healed better and quicker than patient number one is because affection matters. It means something. How many of you have daughters in here? Okay, a lot of us, listen to this. Dads of daughters, the most important thing you can do to deter sexual sin in your daughters is loving and appropriate touch. When you learn to be touched appropriately by a loving and godly person, they'll learn to say no to inappropriate touch from an ungodly person. How many of you have sons in here? Yeah, okay, I have sons. And I'm saying when they were two years old, they were all huggy and lovey. Okay, like, hey, you know, sweet babies, you know, and they were willing to, you could hug them and lift them up and stuff. And, and it's crazy how that changes when they're 10. Like, I, I, I if, if when I'm dropping them off, they're like, can you drop me off a block away? Because I don't want to be seen by you, you know? And it's like, and, and it's, you know, it's so crazy, but everything changes. Like I was at a football game the other day with my son and it was like a cool fall evening and I was having this great moment. I was just like, had my arm around him and it was just kind of this cool father-son moment. And afterwards he's like, dad, when I'm at a football game with my friends, man, like you have to put your arm around me to like, like pat me on the back and like give me my shoulder massages and stuff. And I'm just like, I'm the type of dad that next time I will kiss him on the lips. <laughs> like, if that bothers you, you're about to find something that really bothers you. So, but here's what you have to do. You have to learn how to show your affection to them. I don't know what that looks like. Just, it changes right as they get older. And so I beat my kids down. It's a lot of fun. Like we wrestle and I, I beat them to within inches of their life. It's really, really fun. Not, you know, not when I'm mad, but only when I'm really happy, you know, and so they want to wrestle. And so, but, but you have to show them this affection because if they don't get affection at home, they will seek it out in people and places that they were never intended to. And so the third thing he says, she told his son, whom I, this is my son whom I love. 
He said, with him, I am well pleased. And I think with him, I am well pleased speaks to affirmation. We gotta speak affirmation over our kids' lives. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. You need to say words that build your kids up, not tear them down. And uh, I, I wanna tell you that kind of the, the, the root word for parenting, listen to this definition. Parenting comes from a Latin root word that means to bring forth. Parenting, when you're parenting your kids, you're bringing forth something out of them. And so when you speak words of affirmation, you are planting seeds in their life that is actually bringing forth, springing forth some things in their life. Like I'm standing right here right now because people saw things in me that I did not see in myself. Pastor Stephen called some things out in me 17, 18 years ago, way before Creekwood ever started. Pastor Stephen looked at me and said, you're gonna make a great pastor. And I used to look at him and go, I don't wanna be a pastor, I actually wanna make money. You know? And I'm like, that's not what I wanna do. And so, but he used to say that over me, he used to speak it over me. And I was like, get thee behind me, Satan, I'm not gonna do that, you know? And so here I am, look at this. Totally, like what he did is he spoke it into my life. He began to, 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 to place it. It's like it has this potential in me. And it was a root. It was something he placed. It was a seed in me that, that was born into something that I could have never anticipated. Parents, you are the one who brings it forth. And I'm gonna tell you something I think is one of the most important things that I say today. One of the best opportunities to speak over your kids is during their biggest mistakes. Um, when I was 13 years old, I lived in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I got, my, so my mom and dad are here right now. They're sitting on the front row. And, and um, my, when I, got, I got around a kid that one of my good friends, he was stealing a lot. And I started stealing with him. And we would steal all the time. My parents didn't know it. And literally one day, we stole something from a retail store and I got caught. And they said, you need to come up to the upstairs and you need to call your mom and dad. So I had to call my parents and my dad was on a business trip or something, mom was at home and mom answered the phone and I had to tell her what I did. And she had to come pick me up she had to buy the item I stole. And I remember on the car ride home thinking, these are the last few moments of my life. <laughs> and I need to be very careful what I say, what I do. And I was driving, we were driving home and not, not a word was spoken. We get to the house and mom said, go up to your room. And I went up to my room and just thinking, she is gonna tear into me. This is gonna be awful. And I was so anticipating this awful moment. And what she did next and what she said next is probably one of the most pivotal things in my life. She, she literally said some things to me that, that she, she spoke into and over my life. She came up into my room, and she sat down, and she started crying. And my mom just began to speak over me. She said, Brad, I've been praying for you since you were born. And she said, Brad, you are not a thief. 
You are a giver. You are not a thief. You are a giver. Brad, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And in that moment where I was at rock bottom thinking I deserve the worst, I saw grace. I saw mercy. I saw God in the moment because you chose to speak over my life. And I'm saying in their greatest mistake, when you want to wring their necks, when you want to pounce on the floor and say it's 10 o'clock, it's the moment you have. It's precious. It's an unbelievable moment to speak into their lives. And so I just want to communicate that to you. Parents speak over their life. If they don't get affirmation at home, they will spend their life looking for it elsewhere. Speak over their lives. And here's the third thing I saw. And when I look at Instagram every single time, I saw, I saw a third icon. It's the third icon. It's the, it is the paper airplane. And that paper airplane represents something really, really powerful. It represents ultimately as a parent, our job is to launch them out. We launch them out. Psalms 127 says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. They didn't have airplanes, paper airplanes back in the biblical days, but they had another flying object. It was called an arrow. I know nothing about bows and arrows. Thank God Pastor Kendall does, okay? Like he's the hunter and all this stuff. But think about how valuable, I have two arrows because I have two kids. And think about how valuable to an arrow, to a warrior an arrow is. To a warrior, this represents the difference between life and death. How they use these arrows is completely dependent upon whether they survive. And so an arrow is huge to us. The purpose of this arrow is not to be held. This thing is designed to launch. It's designed to leave. It's designed to leave you. The purpose of you as parents is not to hang on to your kids for the next 40 years. Can I get a better amen? I need a break. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get rid of that arrow. But it's to launch them out. And an arrow, it can't accomplish it unless it gets launched. And so I, here's what I found, kind of found out is that an arrow is useless without a bow. And if an arrow is your kids and that is your children, Then a bow, parents, you are a bow. And what I've learned, I don't even know how to hold this, y'all. You do it like this? What do you, what do, you do? I don't even know. Crossbow up in here. I don't know. But, but I know this. You'll never have a good launch if you don't have a strong bow. And what I found out is that about two years old, there's a little bit of tension because terrible twos is a real deal. 
And then at about 10 years of age, there's a little bit more tension. And what I've learned at about 13 to 16, right where I'm at, hmm, there's a lot of tension up in here. And as a parent, you are so wanting out of the tension. You're in the middle of the tension. And you're going, how on earth do I get out of the tension? And I just want to calm you down for a little bit today because what I found out, if I'm going to raise them up to, from being dependent upon God to being dependent, upon, dependent on me to being dependent upon God, there's a middle process and it's called independence. And what happens is my teenagers are going to find a way to be a little bit independent in the middle of the process. And so I know that because I've once had an angel and now I have a demon. Like the next day, they're like little hellions, okay, running around the house. And like they actually get these like wings and they spread. And it's just like they fly off and then you're like, you know, it's crazy. It's like they're never home. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it changes. And the reason is, is because they're seeking independence. The reason they're not on Facebook, parents, is because you are. <laughs> they're seeking independence. The reason they have holes in their jeans is because you don't. They're seeking independence. The reason they have their own language is so that you can't understand them. They're seeking independence. The reason they were okay with sharing a bedroom with their kids, with their right, siblings, now they're not. It's because they're seeking independence. In this process, some of us are in right now because I've talked to so many of you and I am right in the middle of it. I'm in the third quarter. Like I, sometimes I feel like I'm losing right now. We're calling time out. You know what I mean? Like we got to regroup. And so I'm in this tension stage right now and it's so hard and I want to I want to calm your fears because here's what I found out. Without tension, you'll never have a great launch. You need some tension, parents, to be able to ever launch your kids. So if you're dealing with some tension right now, no, it's part of the process. Parenting is a process. I need to hear this. I need this. Because one day God's going to say, launch. And Proverbs 22, 6 will be more than a scripture and more than a verse. It will become a promise. Proverbs 22, 6 says, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Reggie Joyner said this, change the way you view parenting. Parents really aren't raising, really aren't raising children, they're raising adults. So if I know I'm raising an adult that's gonna one day be dependent upon something, I gotta show them the process. I gotta expose them to God's love. I gotta touch the heart. I'm going to have to speak in their lives, identity, affirmation, affection. And I'm gonna to have to launch them out and I'm gonna to have to deal with the tension. But it's all part of the process to launch them out correctly. What I've learned is I only have these arrows for a short time. I heard a stat the other day that said the average dad spends 37 seconds a day in quality conversation with his kids. And many of you have heard of Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists of all time. Billy Graham was asked by a journalist, if you could do it all over again, what's the one thing 
you would do. And he didn't say I would do another crusade to reach millions of people. He didn't say I'd build another Bible Institute. He didn't say I'd write another book. But what he did say was if I had it all over to do again, I'd have spent more time with my kids. This is the one thing God has shown me so many times. If your kids are two, don't wish it away because they'll be three soon. My kids are 16 and 12 right now. Don't wish it away because this too will pass. Amen. Stand with me. I want to pray with you. As I was looking over this, I was back on Instagram looking at all the pictures, you know, just kind of doing what we do. And I was thanking God for this message that he gave me because I always wanted to be able to give you some sort of object lesson that you'll never forget. Now, every time you look at Instagram, you're gonna be reminded of the process of parenting. And I hope you never forget it. And I was just th- thanking God. And I was just like, God, thank you. That's just good for me. He's, and he said, what about the bookmark? what's the bookmark? He said, the bookmark, Brad. There's a lot of parents, there's a lot of families at Creekwood Church. Maybe you didn't do this right. Maybe you're one going, man, I wish I'd heard this 30 years ago. And my kids right now are far from God. He said, Brad, I want you to tell them You tell those parents that are worried about their kids that I have bookmarked their life. A bookmark, you place a bookmark in the book so that you can always find your way back. And he said, I want you to tell them I've bookmarked their life. I had a parent here, I had a lady here last night and and she said, I was not raised around this. I was not raised around God. But she said, there was something in me. There was a grandparent that, that spoke some things in me, just a little bit, just a little bit. But when I got to the place when I was independent, I came to the bottom of the barrel. I went, God, there must be more. And here she is at church. She said, I'm the bookmark. I don't know where you are, where your kids are at. I don't know who you are. God has this ability of helping them find their way back. I just want to encourage you today because you can leave here going, man, I don't, can't be in this process anymore. God's going to bookmark them. You keep doing the process, though. You keep exposing them to God's love. You keep speaking over their life. And even if they're already launched out, he's bookmarked their life. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for every family here. I know we're going through so many different things, so many different families, so many different ages, and I pray for every parent in this place, God, that you would give us wisdom beyond our understanding, God, to handle the crisis some of us are in right now. Help us know what to do next, next steps. Hey, maybe it's counseling. Hey, maybe it's some medication. I don't know what it is, God, but let us us walk boldly knowing, God, that you are one of the parents too. It's not just us. You are our heavenly father, God. 
And so I lift up and pray for every family here. Those that are far from you right now, God, I lift them up as well, God, that they would be bookmarked for eternity, God, that they would find their way back home. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.